Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events from pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we can take away from them. The date of this recording is Sunday, July the 18th, and the NBA Finals has continued to be at the precipice of pop culture in America. But before we dive into the twists and turns of the sports side of things, specifically the Bucks taking a stranglehold on the series, I wanted to quickly address, amidst some controversial comments from Stephen A. Smith, that Shohei Otani in the Major League Baseball, a player who is now mostly being known for his extremely rare ability to be both an elite pitcher and elite hitter, can absolutely be beneficial to the sport of baseball without necessarily being the most fluent English speaker. A sport that has largely been considered struggling for not branching out to fans that are otherwise grandfathered into the sport, any dynamic player or personality is beneficial to its appeal to the broader audience. People who had never watched basketball before watched Michael Jordan purely on the strength of the word of mouth that this man was doing unbelievable things with a basketball. Whether it was dunking from the free throw line, soaring through the air every single game, hitting unbelievable shots, game winners, winning six championships, never losing in the finals. While his personality surely boosted his stance, his actual dynamic ability boosted the sport on a whole. The one-to-one comparison that came to mind for me was Tim Duncan, who was absolutely a top 10 player in NBA history, but was far from an entertaining one at that. I don't believe that his play was dynamic enough, entertaining enough to draw in a wider fan base, but even his greatness for many who resided in San Antonio, was enough to draw them in as fans. So in no way, shape, or form can a player not necessarily having the loud personality, or in this case, having the ability to speak English, it's not enough of an impediment that that being one of your greatest players, the greatness alone speaks for itself. And with all greatness considered, Giannis Antetokounmpo on the basketball side of things has proven that As in a series where the Suns were up 2-0 pretty convincingly, the Milwaukee Bucks have completely changed their outlook for the series. As going into Game 3 and Game 4, Giannis continued to display his dominance, hitting mid-range shots, finally knocking down significant free throws, and taking advantage of DeAndre Ayton at times just being completely incapable of defending him. This led to DeAndre Ayton being phased out of their last three games, both offensively and defensively, as they've largely disregarded his impact, despite me mentioning that for the Suns to win, he would have to be their X factor. What I did not expect was that one of the players who many went into the series expecting to be a guaranteed star throughout the series would completely vanish when the team needed him the most. And that is none other than Chris Paul CP3. 
as after a strong back-to-back performance in Game 1 and Game 2, he has largely disappeared from the series. This includes not being enough of a facilitator, which translates into not enough risks being taken for the offense to look dynamic. This has translated into him blatantly missing shots, lacking aggression, not being significant as a defender, and the worst of them all, turning over the ball at an unprecedented rate for someone who's considered to be one of the most intelligent point guards of all time. When you couple his poor play with the Suns role players also vanishing along with him, what has resulted is a great opportunity for the Bucks to win a championship. As Devin Booker seems to be the only player on the Suns with consistent enough offensive output to put them in position to win the games. Devin Booker became the first player in NBA Finals history to score 40 points back-to-back and lose both games. On the other side of the ball, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday both woke up from their slumber as Chris Middleton put in a couple of great offensive performances, both shooting the ball, trying to force himself into the paint a little bit more, and frankly, at times, just hitting some tough contested shots. While Drew Holiday became somewhat of an unsung hero doing something that many fans don't truly understand how difficult what he's accomplishing is. Drew Holiday on the defensive side of the ball is playing Chris Paul all the way from one side of the court to the other. Full court pressing Chris Paul. And then coming on the offensive side of things and trying to be a consistent scorer for the Milwaukee Bucks. And while this unfortunately has led to some less than appealing statistics with him missing many shots, he has consistently been able to phase out other players on the defensive side of the ball. And what this resulted in was one game, game five, where everything started falling. All of his shots were going in, and he put on an all-time performance that ended with the Suns having an opportunity to tie the game and Drew Holiday coming seemingly out of nowhere to steal the ball, run down the court, throw up an alley-oop, and Giannis dunking it with a foul to end the game. So now the Suns have landed themselves down 3-2, to two, going back to Milwaukee for a game six and potentially having their last game of their season. And at the end of the day, these two teams know everything there is to know about each other. They both have landed themselves in a position where there's no grand statistical analysis, no massive adjustment that needs to be made that's going to change the way this series looks. At the end of the day, the Bucks have started to hit their shots and the Suns have started to miss them. And while Chris Paul regressing and overall the lack of ball movement from the Suns has truly been the harbinger of losses, if they don't come Tuesday night ready for a dogfight, they are going home. So the only takeaway is do they want the championship more than the Bucks, not just mentally, but physically where they're willing to impose themselves to not be afraid of Giannis in the paint, to not be afraid of Drew Middleton pressing them on defense. 
Will they come with enough energy to win this championship? I've been very consistent throughout the playoffs in saying that I believe the Bucks had what it takes to win it all. And while I am just as prepared to admit my wrong, I'm equally confident that the Milwaukee Bucks, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, proving himself to be a fringe top three player, I believe that they will win the championship and Giannis's legacy will skyrocket when we look back at what he has accomplished at a young age. With that being said, we can proceed to the music side of things, where there was only one semi-major release, and that is Pop Smoke's second posthumous album, Faith, an album that is littered with superstar appearances from top to bottom. Pusha T, 21 Savage, Future, Chris Brown, Pharrell, Dua Lipa. It is quite literally the epitome of a pop album, no pun intended. Unfortunately, the attempt to scrap together bits and pieces of verses or choruses has continued once again to be an unappealing method of generating good music after an artist has passed away. I was not a fan of my first few listens of this project, though there are some highlight moments. There are some songs that I enjoyed, but on a whole, it felt like this is not the project that Pop Smoke himself would have put out. And that's all the critique I will make on the project because I can't complain about something that someone wasn't even here to see all the way through. And as I'm acknowledging that with Pop Smoke, I'm also sending off a hip-hop legend. And that is none other than Biz Marquis, who has now transitioned at the age of 57 onto the afterlife. And as someone who transcended into a pop cultural icon, he more than deserves to be thanked for his contributions to the world, his smile, his music, Bismarcky was someone who was nicknamed the Clown Prince of Hip Hop. Someone who truly brought a comedic style day in and day out and was a hip hop pioneer, mostly known for his song Just a Friend. But his catalog is way longer than that. His reach is way deeper than that, as he was also a member of a famous hip hop group known as the Juice Crew. He was an elite beatboxer an elite rhymer when it came to making people laugh, frankly. And that's what I want to take away from his passing, that he always emphasized the power in making someone smile. So if that means that today you could just be able to listen to one of his songs and smile, or just make someone else in your life smile, the value in that is impossible to measure. So thank you, Bismarcky, for your contribution to the world. And your passing is a moment of honoring your contributions, not a moment of mourning. I wish the best to him and his family. And we can conclude with the film side of things where the Marvel series Loki has itself concluded. With the season finale of the series being, for all intents and purposes, a setup For the next phase of the Marvel Universe. As spoiler alert here. Loki and his female counterpart. 
entered the world of what seemed to be the god of their realm, a man who many comic book fans are claiming to be Kang, someone with infinite versions of himself across multiverses that all rise to the top and decide on how they want to become a dictator for their universe. This version of Kang was tired, and he offered the ability for both Loki and the female Loki to rule the world, to write their own story. But instead, the female Loki decides to take his life, vexed with him for the choices that he made both for herself and the people across her universe that he brainwashed. And what was left from that was what seems to be a descent into chaos. As with no leader, there will be so many variations that the timeline will not be able to be on track, and it appears that the next phase of Marvel will be heroes stepping up to create a better timeline, one that exists with free will, and one that is chaos-free where possible. But overall, I can't say that I was the biggest fan of Loki. A couple of the episodes didn't impress me that much, though it had its moments that I did enjoy. And in the case that I was comparing it to the other two, it lands somewhere between two and three, fighting with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. And last but not least, the cultural icon that has become LeBron James released the sequel Space Jam 2, following up on the legacy of Michael Jordan. And with my own analysis, coming to the movie, there really is just one takeaway. While it can by many be seen as a canvas for everything wrong with the movie industry with over-the-top product placement in particular, at the end of the day, it's a children's movie. And if you go in there trying to see it for what it was, yes, I may have enjoyed Space Jam 1 potentially more than this one. I still have to rewatch it to arrive at that conclusion. I still enjoyed it. It had its corny jokes. LeBron was doing the best that he could at acting in the movie. I enjoyed basketball, so I enjoyed seeing the basketball scenes. And Warner Bros. pretty much pulled out every character in his catalog to appeal to fans with nostalgia. Either way, the general sentiment among children, from what I've seen reported on social media, has been positive, while the general sentiment among adults has been negative. Take with that information what you will, as in my opinion, sometimes you need to just enjoy things for what they are. And I hope you enjoy this week going forward. As I thank you for listening, I appreciate you taking out your time to get an update on what's going on in the pop culture world. Please let me know if there's any way that I can make this a better audio experience for you. And I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.